Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, 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 Eric. Let's just cut to this question for you. Okay. Last week, yep. you said, mm-hmm. and you clarified it a little bit afterwards on Pigs, but you did say you were over the criticism. That Oh, no, no. What? What? You did? No, I was, I was over negativity. Okay, negativity. Fine. You're over negativity. Do you feel like you are still over negativity after the Wisconsin game? Yeah, in terms of I don't want to think about the Wisconsin game. I don't want to talk about the Wisconsin game. I don't want to watch uh, lowlights of the Wisconsin game. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely over it. But we're going to talk about the Wisconsin game, right? I understand that's kind of what we do. (laughs) We, We have to talk about it. But it doesn't mean I have to want to or to enjoy doing it. Fair enough. So let me ask you this. Where does that game rank now that you're a few days, you know, almost a week separated from it? Where does it rank as far as the most painful Indiana losses that you can remember? And do you have other games that you remember being as painful? The first thing that came to mind was what was when was the last time I was so upset by an Indiana loss? And I actually didn't have to look that far back because it was when we got humiliated by Texas and, and right. last year. And that's when Annie, you know, she had no idea what was coming her way, but I just sort of went off on the whole state of the program, the humiliation that had befallen us in that particular game, which was really an accumulation of the previous few seasons, which of course all just piles on top of the last couple of decades, which really goes all the way back to being, you know, screwed by Duke in the final four in 1992. You know what I mean? It's like things haven't worked out for Indiana since 1987. (laughs) 
Okay, that's the truth. Like, right, but but like for what? Look, we grew up. We were born into a world where Indiana won three titles in eleven years. Okay, but let me. I want to stop because it's an interesting conversation to have. The two thousand two. I'm sorry. The nineteen ninety two Duke game in the Final Four is an interesting one because clearly just hugely disappointing and frustrating. But I mean, look, I was 15 years old when that happened. Um, I'd like to say I've matured a lot, but when it comes to Indiana basketball, I don't think that's true. I just don't think I have matured at all when it comes to my visceral emotional reaction to games. But I knew then we had a really good team and we were in the final four and we played not crappy. I mean, we played a really good first half in that game. And then the refs really just hosed us in the second half. Totally. So I never thought coming out of that, like, oh, we're never going to win. Right. 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 So, so I don't, I, I hated Duke for that, but this one felt different to me. How, how do you compare those two? Well, look, and th- th- there are many along the way, right? But in terms of, of where I'm trying to, like you, say like, oh, I'm, I'm not in a place where I let a, a sp- the outcome of a sports game, particularly like, like not even playoff time or tournament time or, you know, not, not one with real like long-term historical consequence, though this one did because we hadn't won there since 98, you know, that I had to leave the house. Like I had to go for a walk. I really had to work it out of my system because I was so upset by it. I, I took it very personally. I was very upset with every single person on the basketball team, on the coaching staff involved with the program. I was just so mad that they did that to me. That yeah. they made me think that we were finally going to get this monkey off our back. We were finally going to wax Wisconsin in Madison and take our rightful place above them in the conference pecking order. And then they did that to us. I can't believe they did that to us, to me. I got to go walk. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I agree with all that. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel personal. Um, we just invest so much time and energy and passion and hope uh, into this program. And like you said, for the better part of 20 years, it's been disappointing, to say the least. And the last five have just been awful. Um, it, I'll be honest with you, I'm still not over it. That's been a tough one for me to get over. The only time I remember getting that angry, and there were plenty of games where I was angry during the Archie era, plenty, sure. mm-hmm. and plenty during the Crean era, too. Yep. But the one that sticks out for me is when Luke Recker hit the buzzer beater in the Big Ten quarterfinals. Mm. Uh, That resulted in me throwing a jar of trail mix through a wall at my (laughs) place and scaring my 75-pound bulldog to the point where he hid in the closet until Mandy came home. (laughs) So uh, it is hard to put my finger on why it hurts so much. But I think what you said a little bit is the answer, which is, I think in the back of all of our heads, we were never that excited about Archie Miller. 
You know, he wasn't an Indiana guy. He didn't have a connection to the program. He hadn't coached at a major university outside of Dayton, obviously, which is a very good basketball school, but it is not on the level of Indiana. And I think there was healthy, um, I should say healthy or unhealthy, skepticism about Archie pretty early on, um, especially after the first game of the year where we just got blitzed by, you know, who Indiana State or Fort Wayne or blitzed by both of them in that year. Mm-hmm. So, like, we only wanted to get to a place of, like, competing with Archie. I think in the back of our heads, we all knew we weren't going to be very good. And with Woodson, it just feels different. It was so much excitement. We're back. The band is back together. The recruiting seems amazing. Oh, my God, this is going to be great. He's bringing the NBA mojo to it. We've got this great staff. And they teased us. Mm. That's If we had just gotten blown out from the beginning, I would not have been that angry. Right. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's it's what, like... <laughs> it's the potential. It's the it's, potential. But, but what I, I do find so disturbing was that we were up by 22 points, and I immediately started to get a bad feeling. Like, yeah, like, you said that that it's it's been so long that it's been so bad to be an Indiana fan particularly going to the Cole Center and and just being like oh my god now we have to try to defend this lead for like 25 minutes there's no way we're not going to do it i just i just knew we weren't and i was right and i hated being right for every single second that ticked off that clock yeah i mean there's been plenty of people that have broken down the game. It was unacceptable. It, look, I said to the goons at halftime and to my dad, we are not 17 points better than Wisconsin at home. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, for them to be at home, right. the, for us on the road. We're not. It's not even close. It's why the games are 40 minutes and not 20. Because for the most part, the game plays itself out. And more often than not, the better team wins. They're better than us especially when they're playing at home. And so I expected them to cut into the lead. I just thought we don't have to be 17 points better than them now. We just have to be not 17 points worse than them (laughs) in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we couldn't do that, it was this moment of just, they teased us with, this is a real turning point. You know, this is a real program attention grabber this is like the the paradigm has changed and it didn't and having that kind of teed up for you and then ripped away uh in in horrible horrible 20 minutes of basketball and really 18 minutes of basketball because we had an 18 point lead with 18 point uh, minutes left it was um it was horrific i mean it was it was as bad as i have felt after an indiana game and Look, I want to take the lessons of Yasir Roseman and Kenya Hunter and Dane Fife and Mike Woodson and all the players that we've talked to who are like, we have to support the team. And I do. I, I do support them. I watched every second of that shit burger of a game against Merrimack. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get excited about Merrimack. Yeah. Um, and I don't care how many points we win by, and we turn the ball over 17 times. So <laughs> I, I'm going to get excited to watch the games. And I and I support the kids, but, but but it did make me ask some questions. Well, and look, we've we've said we haven't played anybody yet. Okay, St. John's. Okay, 
Syracuse and Syracuse, yeah. Okay, now Wisconsin and Wisconsin. So those are like our three like power five division one opponents. Maybe if things break right for Syracuse or St. John's, maybe they could be in the tournament. But they're not like the 303rd worst team in the country like the rest of the schedule has been. So what are we? We're one and two. We're one and two on the season. Okay. And St. John's was at home. Syracuse, it was sort of like in some ways like the opposite where we were down and we clawed our way back and it was on the road. And it was such like a fun game that was exciting that I, I took a lot of positives out of that, even though I was very aware Syracuse was not their normal Syracuse self. Sure, sure. Um, but what we're left with is out of three real games we've played, we're one and two. And even those three teams, they're not world beaters. They're like no final four teams in there um and so with the most painful of those three games coming last it's just you know i'm gonna need that ohio state game to to make me start feeling good about where this season might be headed because there's there's really nothing to hang our hat on 10 games in i agree and was that you yeah, that was uh, that was to, because we we're gonna film a podcast in fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we um, yeah. It, look, it's something I actually want to talk to Rabbi about, and maybe something we could bring up on a future reasonable Rabbi. But yeah. he brought up this whole thing that Silic Leonard used to say, "God rest his soul," where he would say, "You never know who you are until you play twenty five percent of your games." And Rabbi has like kind of banged that drum for a while. We've played twenty five percent of our games. Do you know who we are? Because if you're basing it off of these 25% of games, I would say we are an undisciplined, uh, sloppy basketball team with an incredible player in Trace Jackson Davis, who's playing at the best level of his career. Race Thompson, who is every bit a Big Ten starter, like a fifth man starter. And the rest of the team is severely flawed. That, that's honestly what I would think. You have shooters in Miller Cop and Parker Stewart who can fill it up but can do nothing else and are exposed defensively. And if they aren't shooting at such a high clip, like Parker in this last game, he doesn't bring anything. You bring Xavier Johnson is just about as flawed of a point guard as you can find who teases you with tantalizing ability and then rips it away with bad decision-making. Though apparently there are two point guards who are more flawed than him on our roster. Yes, but that's a great point. And 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 wings that are more flawed than the wings that we have. And it's just I think we're a severely flawed limited basketball team with a low ceiling um that can hopefully grind out games, but it is tough to get excited based on the schedule we've had, which in looking at like Ken Palm numbers claims we are the 303rd strength of schedule. According to the NCAA net rankings, I looked at those, our non-conference schedule was 350th. So like that's all of them, right? Like that's we're in last place, right? That's yeah, all I think there's 356 teams or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So yes. So well, I um but the idea of 25% of your schedule lets you know who you got. Well, I think that's because in an NBA or an ABA season, if you're talking about slick, you're you're playing comparable competition from the jump. You're not playing what has essentially been what, like seven exhibition games that yeah. we've played. So, you know, I think any favorable impressions you have of the first quarter of our season are not to be trusted because it's been against, you know, terrible 
terrible competition. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I'm looking forward to the Notre Dame game because they just beat Kentucky. They're they're not a great Notre Dame team, but it's a game we have to win. I don't believe in must wins in December, but it's a game we got to have. Like, I don't think we want to go into the Big Ten season with losing all, you know, the the uh, neutral site and road games against really mediocre teams that are that could end up being quad two games likely. I think it's very very unlikely that either one becomes a quad one. Sure. I mean, well, it doesn't matter because we lost to Syracuse, so it doesn't matter what quad it is. It's a loss. Um, but I'm also excited because I'm going to that game with my three kids, and it will be the first time that my kids have seen an Indiana game. That's amazing. So we're doing that. We're heading to Bloomington after where we're going to see a women's game on Tuesday night, then a, the men's game on Wednesday night, first time in Assembly Hall with them at a game, and then another women's game on Thursday afternoon. So, and my parents are driving in too. So as upset as I am about what happened at Wisconsin, as upset as I am with the questions that it forces you to ask about this team and the program still, man, I love Indiana basketball and the idea of being able to see them in person with my kids is super, super exciting. Um, I hope they don't mind staying up till three in the morning. I mean, <laughs> at the Bluebird. I mean, like, we're going to just see how it goes, you know? I have a feeling they're going to keep you up later than you're going to keep them up. That's probably true. But um, what's great is, like, you can all go to Baked together at 2 a.m. Yes. yes. Game, on. Game on. It is funny because all the decisions we make in Bloomington that are really bad decisions for our personal health, they're all decisions the kids are going to love. Yeah, yeah, let's get ice cream after three giant <laughs> meals, and then let's get baked at midnight. Let's order pizza at 1 a.m. Like, they're going to love all that stuff. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I do want to say a quick thing about IU women's basketball. Yesterday, Indiana at noon played Merrimack, and then at 7 p.m., the women's team played Ohio State on the road. I was honestly more geeked up to watch the women's game at 7 o'clock. Sure. That was a real game on the road, and we waxed them. Mm -hmm. I mean, this team is so good. And they've lost two games to two of the best teams in the country. And they're just really fun to watch. And I can't wait to go see those games, especially for my girls to be there for, for those games and hopefully get a chance to meet some of them. So what, uh, who are the ladies playing when you guys are back there? It's it's They might as well be uh, on the men's schedule. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause what, what I have loved about the ladies schedule so far is like, man, that looks, that looks like one of the top programs in the country. Yes. You're playing against the other top programs in the country. You're really seeing where you are in like before the conference starts. So you'll know how you're going to stack up against those teams when you're all fighting to get into the final four. Yeah. Their schedule is like you said, their, their schedule is what a real program should do. It's like, they started with a big game, then a couple bad ones, and a couple big ones, and a bad one, then a couple big ones. Now it's like finals week at Indiana. So there's, I don't think the men's or women's, I know the men's team doesn't play till Saturday. I don't think the women's team does either. And you come back from that, you have a couple easy games, you know, for the, for the women's team before you're back into Big Ten schedule. So congrats to the Lady Hoosiers. I do, oh, I shouldn't say Lady Hoosiers. People get upset if we say Lady Hoosiers. I don't know. Women's basketball team yeah, or just I Hoosiers? So. I mean, I don't mean any disrespect by it. You no, know? I feel like it's like men's, boys, guys, uh, ladies, gals, females. Yeah, I agree. Where's the disrespect in there? I hear you. 
I want to say one thing about a story that broke right after we released our podcast last week, which was the hiring of the offensive coordinator for football. Right. So look, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. You don't know who that guy is, right? No, no, we've never met. <laughs> we actually, the truth is, we may have met. I, I'm sure I wouldn't have remembered. Right, exactly. So I have no idea what his football acumen is. I have no idea anything about how inventive his, inventive his offenses are. Here's what I know. When he was given his official press conference to welcome him to Indiana, he was asked what he thought about the personnel that was still at Indiana mm -hmm. and what he was going to be working with. And his answer, to paraphrase, was, I have no idea who's on Indiana's team. I don't know anything about the personnel, so I can't even answer the question. That really bothered me because that would be like taking a high level job in any field without having any idea if the resources there would allow you to be successful. Now, that's the job you take if you have no options. If you are just desperate for a job and you don't wanna be left out in the cold, then it doesn't matter what the resources are. But if you're on the up and up, if you're a really attractive candidate to multiple companies and you get to look around at what is out there, you want to go to the place that has the most available resources for you to ply your craft at the highest possible level. The fact that he didn't care about that, to me, says a lot about the level of person and coach we just hired. I hope I'm wrong, but that's how it reads to me, and it pisses me off. Well, I get where you're coming from in terms of if this guy had other Power 5 schools coming after him. Yes. If we were really getting a candidate that was attractive to a lot of other programs that are going to bowl games every year. He basically said, this is a Big Ten school that had success as recently as last year. And I think no matter what cards I'm dealt personnel-wise walking in the door, to me, I think he thinks he's going to be able... Well, you know what? He's just, he's just probably confident he's going to do better than Sheridan did. He probably knows no matter what, I know I'm going to do better than what that guy did, and it'll give me some job security. But I, I, I feel you like this. You look at the resume, and it was like, well, he seemed to kind of be an up-and-comer at Arkansas State seven years ago. But aside from that, you're just kind of digging through the what Matt Weaver found on him or anything anybody said to be like, oh, we found ourselves a, a hidden gem or or maybe, well, UMass is one of the hardest places in the country to win in football. So nobody could really make it win there. What? You know, another place that's really hard to win. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. a perfect fit. No, I I'm get it. They're excited. Are you excited? Why would I be like if, if Tom Allen had come out and just said in like a, a five minute impassioned speech of like how brilliant this guy was and how like the chips had been just stacked against him in these last couple of jobs. But damn it, this man is going to find his way here. I believe in him. But we didn't get anything like that. We're just like, here's the new guy. He's going to be good. We think he's going to be very exciting. A very standard issue. We've hired a new coordinator. But but there's nothing to make me believe that this guy uh, is going to start lighting up Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State for enough points to beat those teams.
And my issue is, is he good enough to get us recruits? I mean, look, we lost the best quarterback that we had in tow, this Hoover kid from Texas, because they fired Sheridan. And they should have fired Sheridan. He was terrible. But like, and maybe we'll get this Bailey kid that that was a commitment, I think, to Oregon, wasn't he, or something like that, that 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 is looking for a 22 landing place. We're, we seem to be hot on him. I just... After the year we had, it's tough to get excited about the transfer announcements. It's tough to get excited about the offensive coordinator hire. It's just tough to get excited. And unfortunately for Tom Allen and this program, they are going to have to earn the fans back in Memorial Stadium. I know that sucks, but they are going to have to earn it back on the field because we showed up this year and we crapped the bed. And look, we're still going to support them. But I understand a fan that doesn't want to pay the money to go to the to the stadium because it's just it was a historically bad season. So they're going to have to earn it. It is the most disappointing season in Indiana football history, at least in our lifetimes. Like it just was because yeah. of what the season was before, yes. who was coming back. It was the most disappointing season we've ever had. And there's the churn in the transfer portal. It's mind blowing to me coming and going. It's like in basketball, it's very easy to wrap your brain around who's coming and going, who you lost, who's coming in with football. I'm, I'm like, I don't know what really any of this means for our team next year, except that Michael Penix won't be back. I know that much. And yeah. I think it was time to move on for, for a myriad of reasons. But I, I have now my expectations are what they normally are for Indiana football back to zero. And hopefully I'm surprised. I have to tell you, though, my expectations are not zero because we're spending too much money and too much focus as a university and an athletic department on football for the expectations to be zero. I well, understood that's the fine in principle, but I'm talking about reality of the season you just watched and who we have coming back and who we're losing. Why would you have good expectations? It's not. That's a good question. It's 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 a little bit of semantics. It's I get what you're saying. And of course, you make sense. But what I'm saying is. If you have zero expectations, then if we suck, you don't hold anybody accountable. Sure. And I'm saying they're spending enough money and enough focus and they've improved the facility such. No, no, we better be better. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I do have some expectations. I don't expect to compete for a Big Ten championship. Do I expect to win three or four Big Ten games? Yes, I do. I don't care what the schedule says. Figure out a way to win three or four games. Um Listen, man, it was a tough week for, uh, I think, IU football. It was a tough week for Indiana University basketball. But the women's program is clearly the, the bright, shining beacon. Hey, and the Colts on a bye week jump from eighth to sixth in the playoff picture. And I saw the odds are that they're more than 50% to make the playoffs right now. I Yeah, I don't listen to any of that bullshit. I'm just like, where are we right now? And look, we got to play the Pats. And the Cardinals, that's the number one AFC team and the number one NFC team. So we ain't in the playoffs yet. But I'm saying the the best thing that happened in sports in my world this week is the Colts didn't play and jumped into the playoffs. There you go. 
Um, and you were a Tom Brady fan this week. Well, I didn't watch and root him on, but I'm glad he did his dirty work on our behalf this week. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, the same way I was fucked up by that Wisconsin loss, it's the same thing, the trauma with Tom Brady. The way the Colts blew it to the Bucks, like, that really hurt me. Like, I had trouble. I It took me, like, an extra week to watch Hard Knocks because I just could not stand losing to that asshole again. I want to say one more thing, but before we do, we would be remiss if we didn't say that this whole damn thing is powered by Before we get to this conversation today, I have to tell you what my daughter Stella, 11-year-old adorable Stella said today, that she was half joking, but also half not. We're talking about the trip to Indiana on the way to school. And I said, are you excited? And she's like, yes, very. I'm excited. And she said, do you think we'll win all the games? And I said, I don't know. I feel confident the women will win there too. I don't know if the men will beat Notre Dame. I think they'll win against Northern Kentucky at home, but I don't know. And Stella said... She's like, maybe I shouldn't go because, or she, no, she said, you know, I've been a good luck charm. Every time I watch a game, like we win. I'm like, ah, that's true. Even though it's not, but whatever. <laughs> she thinks that's true. Great. But then she said, you know what? I actually hope the men's team loses a game. And I go, why? And she goes, because then it'll be a real Indiana basketball experience. <laughs> It's all they've known. It's I all mean, they've known. And I couldn't tell if half joking, half true. <laughs> She's like, I want the real experience. It crushed me. It crushed me. <laughs> so that's Stella. She told me not to share it, but I had to share it. I say we get on with our conversation today. Yeah, somebody, somebody who really knows what's going on with Indiana men's basketball way more than we do. Let's let's talk to him about stuff he knows and we don't here comes a guest here comes a guest ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we have a very special guest he's probably really busy because he's got a bunch of really important stuff to do with our favorite thing in the world indiana men's basketball okay eric tell him a little bit but not too much because we want to get the good information before he has to go off and do more stuff and we already did this once for him so the hell with giving him the big intro again but <laughs> hailing from atlanta georgia where he has been a standout player in high school went on to play in college has coached major programs from coast to coast and Good. now has found basketball heaven in his first year as assistant coach at indiana university live from a boudoir in <laughs> who knows with some velvet background cushy bed headboard please welcome coach ya or as mike woodson refers to him coach rose welcome Yasir roseman what's going on what's going on i knew you were gonna say i was trying to figure out what background to put on here but i said you know what i'm gonna let e laugh at me a little bit unless <laughs> you know how old i am because i've been in the bed for about an hour really what well we got practice at 10 tomorrow okay you know i'm an early riser. i try to work out early so i'm gonna try to we got a meeting at 8 30. 
So I'm going to try to get up there about five, get my workout in. And, you know, look, All you're, right. you're just like Hugh Hefner. He, he worked out of his bed. That was it. That was his office, right? That's how you do it. No, not quite Hugh. <laughs> not quite Hugh. Um, that should be, that should be the, um, the subtitle of your autobiography. Yasir Rosemont, not quite Hugh Hefner. Not quite Hugh. That's right. Or, or um, just, let's just down in the bottom of the, the Zoom, just right there, just instead of why Roseman, just not quite Hugh. That's right. I should um, do that. Let's start with this. Very important question. Oh, Tim. Were you fired today? I did not get fired. Oh, hold on. Let me see. No, Kenya got fired today. I didn't get fired. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> You're winning. You're winning. Yeah, now, I didn't get fired today. Is there a rehiring process that happens after the firing, or is it like the Seinfeld episodes of old, where you just show up for work and pretend like it never happened? Well, you really you get fired and you never leave the spot where you get fired from. Got so it. So you just kind of sit there. All right. Very good. And well, you kind of get rehired just kind of by sitting there. <laughs> you can't fire me, folks. Like I just, you just. We always say you can't find the folks. Not today. Who do you think has been fired the most between you, Kenya, and Dane? Uh, me. Really? Yeah, been me. All right. <laughs> well, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. It's a, no way of knowing. Nick and Nick. Me and Kenya, Nick and Nick. Okay. <laughs> so five, five, five is an IU grad, so he gets a pass. Yeah. Oh, oh got it. Got yeah. it. So it's the holidays are are starting to kick in certainly in la everybody pretends like we're already you know hanukkah's happened here comes christmas new year's is around the corner nobody's working out here for you guys it's finals week so that's kind of a big deal are you does the foot come off the gas at all right now or are you guys just finding other ways to be super busy while games aren't being played no we went full throttle today yeah full practice Full practice, got up and down, ran a little bit after. Uh, I mean, we on a mission. You know, we on a mission to get this, get the program back where it belongs. Uh, so I think everybody around us and everybody in the program knows that, you know, we got a job that we're trying to do. Uh, it's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect, but this is how we think it should be. So at the end of the day, we working. We're going to work all the way through. Um, so look, you're, you're eight and two, uh, you know, 10 games uh, in. Uh, yeah. Does that, I see your face. So, so, so did that, let's just get into this. Did that Wisconsin game hurt you as much as it hurt all of us? Yeah. It hurt me pretty bad. It was my scout. So, uh, Oh really? Yeah. Uh, well, wait a minute. What? from a scout will... perspective, you crushed it in the first half. We did a great job, and, and we didn't do that bad in the second half. E, I just think, you know, I think from the outside looking in, you've been in our practices. You you got to teach guys how to win. You know what I mean? Like winning don't just happen. You know, when you got a group of guys that probably hasn't had some of the success that we've had as coaches, mm-hmm. and knowing how to get there, especially Coach Woodson. I mean, he won at the highest of the highest levels. So, but it's still a process. So it don't just happen overnight. You know what I mean? So you try to take, although those games hurt and it hurt like hell, it's a game we should have won. I mean, we should have won the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you try to take things from that game to help 
these guys in the learn and learning how to win because it's it's not easy winning is not easy like these programs that have been successful for a long long time like no one remembers Baylor sucking for 15 years right you know what I mean so it just takes time and you have to you know you have to teach guys how to win and you have to build a winning culture and I think that's what we're doing and I think our guys are starting to recognize that and I think the more we go through the year you'll see we'll win those games because now you have that experience of well damn if I would have just did this in that moment or if I would have just done this you know what I mean if I would have just boxed out if I would have just got over the screen you know so it's, it's a process man although it still sucks no one wants to lose <laughs> yeah yeah well and and with this particular game and the way it was lost in it did have me reeling I think a lot of us reeling like damn it 98 like the last time like Andre Patterson was involved the last time yeah we that's crazy which is crazy. So we all yeah. wanted it so bad. But then you take the step back and you're like, well, okay, Trey Galloway won a state championship. Yeah. But other than that, like when nobody on the team, none of the players have, and you're, you've are you been talking about teaching them winning, okay, boxing out, doing this, that, or the other on the court to, to win a game. But how much of it is about the the confidence and the philosophical approach to the game that coach Woodson is bringing in because to me like winning is such a it's it's almost more than the sum of the parts and if you don't have yeah. guys just showing up who already have won yeah. then how do you create that mental uh, obviously winning i mean obviously you create it by experience you know just going through the experience coach talking about what it takes to win you know instilling confidence in these guys that hey man we can win this game like like we go in every day saying we're gonna win the Big Ten. Like so, and it's and when you see Coach Woods, I mean, you guys have been there. Like he want to win a Big Ten title. Period. That's that's the goal. That's all he knows. You know, he, he only knows winning. That's that. That's all he knows. You know what I mean? That's all he knows Indiana to be. So at the end of the day, that's his goal. So I think just trying to instill it from them from that standpoint, him believing in them. You know, kids are different these days, man. I say this all the time when I come on here, man. Like, you, you. I mean, you got kids. Yeah, like my kids are too young to be. You know, hell, they don't know anything. Blah 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 blah. No, guess it. what? My kids are 14, 11, and nine. They don't know anything either. <laughs> but you, you know, like these, this generation and these generations that's coming about now, it's just different than how we grew up. And I think sometimes that gets in the way of them understanding what it takes to win, which is not an excuse because you got to get them, you got to get them there. And there are programs that get them there. But I just think that's where we are in this process. We're getting them there. I mean, we're eight and two. It's not like we're two and eight or, you know, no, but, five and five. But let know. me let me ask you a question that, that may be a little touchy and difficult to answer, but I have to ask it. You can ask me whatever you want to ask. So when you talk about learning how to win, and again, I'm an idiot fan. So I am looking to you, as you have done before, both on the podcast and off, you have kind of talked to us about what you think this program needs from the fans and the support. And, yeah. and we have tried our, like, we're not, we're not criticizing kids online. Like, we're not going to do that kind of stuff. But yeah. when you play, let's be honest, a schedule against a bunch of guys 
that if you guys play poorly, you're still going to win the game. And not, 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 not. Uh, now I'll say this. Not all the time, but come on. Man. I'll finish. I'll, I'll let you finish. I'll we, finish. we had a game where we turned the ball over 27 times and we won by double digits. Okay. Yeah. If you turn the ball over 27 times in a Big Ten game, you're not going to win that game. I don't care what you do. True. So, how do you take games that do you find that those games against teams that are in like the Ken Palm 300, do those help you win against Wisconsin on the road? And if so, how? Because I don't see it, and I think a lot of fans don't see it, and I'd love to know from a coach, what is it? Well, well, I think it's building confidence, obviously. I mean, I think you got, I, I think sometimes fans have to realize this. So, like, first of all, it ain't like we picked the schedule. Schedule was kind of totally get that. So, uh, and actually, we were talking today about you know Woody wants to play those games, but we got to play the schedule that's ahead of us. But confidence, like you can get confidence, like when you first rode your bike, you was you was falling down. You was always falling down, falling down, falling down, falling down. So, winning these games, it kind of helps you to show, okay, we can win. Okay, we can win because guess what? If we really want to go back. You weren't winning these games a couple of years ago. You lost some of these games That's with, with, some, with some high caliber guys. And the way college sports is now, and I think that's where I think a little bit of fans get frustrated is like college sports is not the same. Like Iona just beat Alabama the other day. And the only reason why I know because I just coached Alabama. Then they went and beat Gonzaga in, in Houston. Right. So anybody can be beaten college basketball. So – so even though it may not look like the 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 games are like how can I say this without yeah you know I'm always trying to find the right way to say it and I know it's tricky because you didn't lay out the schedule and we're not trying yeah. to throw anybody under the bus I just worry look you're you're on the road against Wisconsin which is a very difficult place to play and they are yeah. they are incredibly disciplined and they yeah. play their system and it's tough and i'm just thinking like what can the team grab onto by beating louisiana or eastern michigan or marshall that's going to help them on the road against well Wisconsin? it helps us it, it also helps us build our system too and get to see our system up against some other you know what i mean other teams sure so, no, we're not playing Duke. No, we're not playing North Carolina. No, we're not playing those schools right now, but we ain't ready to play them schools. And I think that's what IU fans got to understand. And not just IU fans. I think it's everybody that's involved with the program. Yeah. Like, it's a process. Like, we can't just rewind it back to 87. Right. I wish we could. Like, no, I'm, I'm telling you, I wish we could. I mean, and, and there's no other person that's in the program that wants that more than Woody. Right. Because he lived it. Yeah. Like he, he lived walking in there and it was not a seat in the stands. Right. Like every 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 seat was filled. There was a person in every seat. So it's just a process to where, okay, yeah, you don't think we want to play in some of these uh Hawaii and all this place shit. I love to go to them places and compete. But we also gotta build a program back up. We gotta get some wins under the belt. Or, or what will happen? Fans will start back crushing these kids and start crushing us, which is fine. I mean, we, we got one of the best coaches there is because he, I mean, he, he was in New York, so none of this stuff bothers him. And it, it doesn't bother me either because I've been on the outside looking in. 
we've all looked at IU from afar like, God, no, man, what, what's going on over there? Because growing up, we remember it being IU. It was one of the blue bloods, which it still is a blue blood. It just went through sometimes some rough times. Yeah. And rougher than what you guys or fans would like yeah. because you guys remember what it, you know, you guys remember. You guys were, I mean, I was, I remember in IU is like, they were only, they were going to be in top 10 every year. Right. You know, so it's just, a, it, it's a process. And hell, we can't run from the Big 10. It's coming. Yeah. So we're going we gonna to get to see if these games, we'll see if these games prepare us for the Big Ten. And if they don't prepare us for the Big Ten, guess what? Then next year we got to get some better games that do, do prepare us for the Big Ten. But I think I think these guys have some experience. You know, we just got to teach them how to win and get over the hump. You know, Trace is playing at a high level right now. No um, doubt. We got Lil been playing better, you know. Obviously, we got some guys that need to get acclimated to the system a little bit more, but our guys are giving it to us every day. That's the one thing I wish that we could do sometime. I wish we could bring all the fans into practice and just you could see how hard these guys are working, you know. And it may not work the way everybody wants it to work, but it's working. Like, we're going to get it there. We're going to die trying. <laughs> well, There's I not one person like Woody wants to see this place get back. That's the only reason he came back. Right. You know, that's it's it. a risky thing as a former player to come back to your alma mater. It is risky because yeah. if it doesn't work, then what? You know, I mean, like that's a tough thing. So I, we know how much Woody wants it. We know how much you guys want it. Let's uh, let's look at some of the the fun stuff that's happening, right? Because we we have been racking up some fun wins, and like yeah, yeah. even even Syracuse, as heartbreaking as it was. It was just really fun game to watch, and we were FaceTiming with friends acting like idiots going into the first and second overtime. So there's already been a lot of fun and excitement and joy. I, I'd have to say one thing we were all really hoping for so far uh, or hoping coming into the season and have seen so far is guys like Parker and Miller and even Scoop to a certain degree and even X to a certain degree start to fill it up from the outside. Tell us, can we... Can we believe that this team will continue to shoot well from the outside for the rest of the season? Can we be excited about that officially? Well, I'm telling you what, we're gonna we're gonna shoot a lot of shots in practice. So it's hey, it, it must be working. And we're gonna continue to shoot, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, you guys have been around, you guys have seen us, you guys have got a close-up look. They they working. We got good kids. We don't have bad kids. And they all they all wanna be the group to get this thing turned. Right. We talk about it all the time. Let's be the group to get it turned. Let's get the, let's be the group that gets Indiana back. You know, just the start of it. And then it just takes off and whatever what wherever it goes from there then, you know, you guys will always be remembered because you'll be the group that kind of got it back going. You, you know, know hell, I, I, we still talking about the watch shot. Hell, watch done had kids and got married. <laughs> it's true. I, I texted him the other day. I'm like, "Bro, when are we gonna let this shot go? Never, <laughs> never. But I love, I love that that's your mentality because that was a decade ago, basically. And that's that's when we all thought we were back. That's when we yeah. thought that was the group that turned the. But corner. I'll say this, and one thing I will say, and we always talk about this with you guys. You weren't that far grown. I mean, he wasn't that that little era right there. I mean, having to deal with what what he dealt with coming in. And you did win two Big Ten championships yep. in that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, that's that's 
Because I never take there's one thing Woody has always taught us, man, that we talk about it all the time. You can't take nothing away from coaching because coaching is hard as hell. It's hard. Yeah. And, and and like you said, winning games, especially the big games, but any game, winning is really hard. I mean always hard. It's, it's like it just feels like and the older I get, the it, it's I wish I could say I get more enjoyment for winning, but when we win, it's more like a relief than it is. Oh. Like you're like oh god yeah god. I mean really like <laughs> we played Merrimack yesterday I think we all like oh yes thank you yes exactly <laughs> so I do want to ask you though a, a question because you you talked about having good kids and I think that when we had Jawan Morgan um, we I'm loved did, have I'm you gotten to know Juwan? Oh, are we switching backgrounds no I just got to make sure uh, got to find my charger keep going okay. keep talking so do you know Jawan Morgan at all do I know him uh. I know of him. Okay. I, I know I was supposed to he, – he was with Boston. I was supposed to send him some stuff, but I think he's back overseas now. So No, I think he's still with the G League team in Boston. Is he with the G League team in Boston? Yeah, I think so, okay. or wherever that team is, Maine or something like that. So, yeah. Juwan is a great guy. I mean, just, you know, raised in a military family. Like, you never had a problem with Juwan. Four-year player for us. But he yeah. came back that last year. And huh. the reason Juwan came back that last year – to be honest, was not for Indiana glory. It was because Juwan had to set himself up to have a professional career. And he knew yeah. he needed to sit, to show some things personally to, to have that career. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's what you do in college. You prepare yourself for your profession. Yeah. And, and but, but yet, there were things... I feel like I'm just talking to an empty room. Right <laughs> no, you're not. Okay. I just had to get the plug. Okay. Come on, E. Come on, E. You know I got you, man. Come okay. on. Okay. I'm stepping out too. Yeah, it's cool. We'll just. <laughs> so, so there were things that happened Juwan's senior year where maybe Juwan, you know, not because he's a bad kid, because he isn't. But Juwan was worried about showing off his three-point shot, which may yeah. not have been the best thing for Indiana University Hoosiers at the time because he wasn't a great three-point shooter. But yes. so my question is, the transfer portal is something that is just insane to me. And it you is. have a team filled with transfers. I mean, you have 60% of your starting lineup is transfers. Really? Yeah, you got Miller, Xavier, Parker, all transfers. Then you got Michael Doerr coming off the bench. You got four transfers who are playing minutes, but three are starters. How hard is it to get a transfer who many times only has one year left where yeah. you know they're transferring to showcase themselves to be part of a culture that you're trying to build team first? How difficult is that? Well, it's hard. It's hard because um, obviously sometimes they have selfish motives. That's why you have to do your research. I think the guys that we got are bought in to what Indiana is about. Uh, obviously they've bought into what Woody is about so far. Um, it's funny you talk about this cause we were talking about this the other day. If you look at Virginia, yeah, this is the first time in a long time. Virginia has three, I think they have three transfers in their, uh, starting lineup and they're struggling. Right. <laughs> Probably because they don't understand oh, the culture. Oh, sorry. You know I mean? So, like, I think where we want to take the program to is not – we don't want to have a bunch of transfers, uh, but that's just the way it is in college basketball now. And that's another thing I think that's, that fans struggle with that are at, quote, unquote, 
the Blue Bloods, the North Carolinas, the Indianas, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, you know what I mean? Because they're used to seeing guys maybe stay there for a little while, yes. one or two at a time, but they usually stay there. They're able to build relationship with those guys. They're able to identify with those guys because they stay in the program. But that's just the way college sports is going. And you either got to get on that train or shit gets getting ran over by it. Right. So obviously we're going to have to use the portal because that's just, I mean, it's just a necessary evil. But I don't think that's where we want to build a program. I think that's why we're going after some guys in recruiting that understand what Indiana's about and that we actually talk to them about helping bring Indiana back and bring being in a culture. And, you know, it is what it is, man. This place is, this place is still great, you know. It just had it just had some some down years. It's like it's Indiana basketball still. It, it's still the name still resonates around college sports. I think people are just waiting for it to just all right, man, come on back, you know. <laughs> Obviously, with some of the stuff that's been going on in coaching and in in college basketball, you know, right right or wrong, I think because Indiana has done things the right way. You know, that may be a little bit of their struggles. Not saying that's wrong, but that's just the way it is. And I think you have to accept that. You got to just accept the fact, okay, we're going to do things just the way we're going to do things at Indiana. And, you know, it may it may take a little time for us to get back, but we're going to get it back. You mentioned recruiting. And now, because he signed on the dotted line, you can't discuss Jalen hood Shafino. Would you okay. would you care to chime in on what you think that young man uh, and his skill set will be bringing to Bloomington next year that fits with the vision that Coach Woody has for how he wants this team to be run? Jalen is 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 as complete as a guard as you'll find. He loves the pass. He loves to get his teammates involved. He's a team guy. You know, I was just telling his mom the other day he needs to be a little bit more selfish and shoot the ball a little bit more. You know, I think he shot the ball like four times the other night. But uh, he's a guy that you want to come in and be a leader of your program because he's all about all the right stuff, you know. And I think he would get along with the guys that even are here. And that's part of the reason why we were so diligent and we worked hard to get him because – we wanted a guy like him in our program. You want to build your program around guys like him, Caleb, um, obviously CJ. Those guys, that's what you want to start your program with. You know, those guys that understand that they're gym rats too. You know, and, and obviously Jalen is, is is the key to it because he's the most highest ranked guy on that. You know, in that class. One thing I've said to to other people about you, both from our conversations on these things and and the the few times we've been able to talk outside is you you are a student of college basketball and you have really an incredible I think um sense of what it means to be an Indiana basketball player even though you've never been a coach or a player for Indiana I mean you talked about how you wanted to play for you know I did I worked worked with Benny Celso too he was here forever yeah so. so yeah I guess what my question to you is, and and by the way, I I admire that because it'd be easy to come to a place and just try to go get the most talented kid, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's the right kid. What does it mean to you to be an Indiana basketball player? If you could just like write the things out on a piece of paper, qualities, what are they? Well, I think you got to understand the community too. Like 
because the community is a big part of what make Indiana, Indiana. I mean, to walk in that gym even the other day and we were playing Merrimack and no, it wasn't filled, but it was, put it this way, there was more people at, at that game than it would be at an SEC game in December, mm. unless you're playing a ranked opponent. So it means a lot to these people here. Um, obviously, I always tell you, you guys this, you gotta be able to function where you are. You know, Bloomington is not, it, it, it's not like a big city. Right. And everything here, and this is no knock on all the other sports that's at Indiana, but as a basketball player, people are going to know you everywhere. I mean, hell, I went to the mall in, in Indianapolis the other day and someone knew who I was. I'm like, what the hell? You know, so people know who you are. So you got to have somebody that can function in, in this community and do the right things. Obviously, you're a college kid. Things happen, but you want to be able to get somebody that can function. You also got to get somebody that has thick skin and that's not really caught up in themselves on social media. Interesting. Because people are rude. People How are hard rude. is that to find these days, Coach? I mean, it's hard to find, but you know what? It's a lot of kids that really are, aren't caught up in themselves. You know, because you could be caught up in yourself here and they'll crush you real quick. Right. One bad game and you'll be like, you know what? Let me cut this my you know, social media <laughs> but, off. Um, it sucks. You know, we hate that. And it's and it's not, I mean, and, and and it's a part of it though. It's a part of it, and I think that's we discussed that with our guys. Um, also, you, I think you have to know a little bit about the history of Indiana. You know, I think you have to know who Bob Knight was. You know what I mean? I think you have to know some of the great players that were here, the Isaiah Thomases. You know, I got to mention Woody. Of course. And Mike Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to understand that to be here. You have to understand the culture, man, because it's a different culture here. Like, these people around here bleed Indiana basketball. Yeah. They just do. So you you can't just be anybody that comes in. You can't be very self-centered. You can't be about, you know, Indiana fans are very, very knowledgeable. I mean, we're one of the, the only universities that don't have our names on the back of our jerseys. There's a reason why it's like that. Now, it may have to change with the NIL stuff. It might. It may. It may not. It may not ever change. But at the end of the day, you got to understand the why and why it's like that and what these people believe. Because it's funny, the crowd gets louder for when we make a defensive play or when we dive on the floor or, you know, when we take a charge. Yes. It's louder for that than it is a dunk. That's when the other side of the crowd over there cheers. Not just the, the students, <laughs> the other side cheers, you it, know? It's funny, though, that, like, you named four, like, pretty amazing things. None of them have to do with playing basketball, right? No. Like, and, and I feel like on some level, that makes it even harder at Indiana because some schools, I'm sure, you just recruit basketball players. The other stuff doesn't matter. But well, yeah. has but that you surprised also, you at all? Um, or did you, you also kind of recruit know you also recruit your own problems too. Mm. Explain so, that. Explain that. So there's a lot of guys that I would love to recruit, but they won't fit at Indiana. And I'm and I don't think they fit in the community. Mm. Like just because they fit in this community don't mean that they, they or just because well, I'm gonna say this. Just because they fit in the community at say a UGA don't mean they can fit at the at a community here in Indiana. Got it. So all that stuff goes into recruiting. You know, some of those higher ranked guys, they couldn't fit here because you're never as big as Indiana basketball here. Mm. 
You're never as big as that. I mean, I love Imani Bates, great kid, coached him at Nike before, but his star is is bright. He would think, not he would think, but just the way it's being portrayed is that his star is bigger than NEM if he came here. Wow. That don't work well here in NEM. Right. You know, so. That's fascinating. I hope I explained that right. Yeah, no, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And particularly when you have Woody, who was such such a rock star in his day at IU. But, of course, he wasn't even the biggest star uh, on the team when you're like, oh, coach, that's Coach Knight and or Isaiah Thomas, that it's yeah. pretty humbling pretty quickly, at least in that era when you had so many great players around you all the time. Yeah, I, I do have to imagine that – well, let me, let me take it this way. With Coach Woodson coming back, you had said earlier – the only reason he has to come back is to bring IU back because that's what he knew. That's what he experienced. And I can't imagine this is something he's divulged or revealed, but he won a big 10 championship. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a national championship. And when yeah. you're talking about IU and the all time greats, there is no question Mike Woodson should be at the ver- at the very top list of the best IU basketball players of all time. But because he didn't win a national championship, there's there's the guys from those five teams that are mentioned first. Yeah. And then everybody like Woody and Calbert and all those guys who come in and they they're right there, but damn it, they didn't win one. Do you feel like Coach Woodson is driven more than anybody else on planet Earth? To, to to hang the sixth banner because he didn't get to do it as a player? I, I don't think he thinks about it that way because I'm telling you, man, like, if anything, he wants to do it for Coach Knight. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, he wants to do it for these Indiana fans. I mean, because he, he – I'm telling you, we had on those candy stripes because of Coach Woods. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, when – and it's funny because I feel the same way about the University of Oregon. When you feel like a place changed you and helped you become a man, you you, you just have this feeling you always wanted to do well. Hmm. And that's what Woody wants. Obviously, he's big on helping these kids. He's big on helping them become young men. But he's also big on, like, the education that you can get at Indiana, the people you can meet at Indiana. You know what I mean? Like, he bleeds in the end. <laughs> like he really does. Every day I guarantee he comes in, he's just happy to be there just because this is his school. Like it's his school. It's where, you know, he and his wife went to this school. You know, he got a lot of, I mean, he got he had a lot of memories at this school. I mean, I don't know if he's the all-time leading scorer, but the hell he got to be up there. He's fifth. He's fifth all-time. Yeah. Right. You know and what I mean? He, he missed most a lot of, of his points. senior year. Yeah. And he talks about, I think it was. Was it his junior year? Whatever year it was where he hurt his back. Senior year. Senior year. And they had a chance to win. They should have won a national championship, but he hurt his back or whatever the case may be. Yep. Like, he yep. talks about that. You know, um, he brings Scott May and those guys around. You know, there's been several guys that's been around that won championships there. Dude, Scott May looking how, like Shaft. How badass is Scott May? He. He looked like he ain't aged, right? Like right. He aged just just all in black, just yeah. Like, he looked like big, you know, quiet. But he he talks to you, and you know, he is from what I know. 
it's great having him back. Yes. For whatever reason, you know, obviously I don't know all the other stuff and, but at the end of the day, just having those guys come back and building the family atmosphere that, you know, some other programs have because of, you know, the camaraderie of a university like Indiana that Indiana hasn't had for whatever reason. You know, we ain't got to get into that because there's yeah, things we, I've heard. We've done plenty of talking about that. <laughs> exactly. We know. But now we have that. And I think having those guys back help our guys understand, like, hey, bro, this is Indiana. Like, this ain't no chopped liver. Right. Like, obviously it hasn't been good the last couple of years, but there's expectations around this place, and we got to meet these expectations, you know? Well, and I do love that you brought up how recently we won a couple Big Ten titles. Like, that is still something Indiana fans, because we're super impatient. It was like five years ago, right? Yeah. With 16? Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and so that that is how many Big Ten schools, like, haven't won it in the last 30 years. Exactly. And, and so whereas you guys are coming in, and yes, it is a page one rewrite, if you will, because it's new coach, new staff, a lot of new players. But at the end of the day, that that shine of IU still being one of the best programs and one of the best conferences in the country, you guys you guys aren't building it back up from the very bottom. No, it's not at the bottom. It's just it's just not probably it probably just wasn't at the expectations of some of the fans. Which at the end of the day, man, that's just a part of it. Like you'll never please fans. I mean, this is what it is. Nah, nah no, you know, you know. I mean, <laughs> maybe for a year, e, e, maybe for a year. I mean, I get it. It's a part of what we win do. A, though. Win a national championship and compete for the Big Ten most years, you'll be you'll please us. Yeah, uh, exactly. But e, that's not easy. I, I no doubt it's not easy. But I also you know, want to look. Yes, we won in 2016. Great. We also have not been in the tournament, yeah, since then. No doubt. That and is I get, not good enough. No, that's not good enough at Indiana University. It's right. not. And and I and I will say this, and because coaching hard and I, you know, we we've discussed this. I don't think Archie Miller was ever a bad coach. I don't think he came to Indiana and became a bad coach. It's just things happen. But you would have turned that COVID year. Bad luck, COVID year. But, yeah. but also, just like you talked about, players have to fit the Indiana community. So do coaches. And, no doubt. And, no and, doubt. and like, I think Archie can be really successful at a bunch of different places. Indiana yeah. was a tough place for Archie. You see, yeah. Coach Woody likes being out. He takes the team to go see Mike Epps in Indianapolis for the stand-up show. He likes having Clark Kellogg and Mike Epps and shooting the videos. And Archie wasn't about that stuff. And Indiana's a big job. And you are a You want to feel apart. People around here want to feel apart. I, I get it. That's just, and that's what you have to do at jobs like this. They have to feel a part of of the community. They have to feel a part yes. of the program. Yes, you know what I mean. And I get that. And I and feel like you do get it, you personally, and that you do really well in that environment. Just how personable you are. Like even seeing yeah. you in the office, you're like, hey, 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 you're there to have a good time too. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, man, like I'm blessed. First off, to be coaching again you know and I and I take that very seriously you know what I mean and also I'm doing something that that I love doing every day right no matter what the people say no matter what happens I know I'm putting my my heart into it I know I'm helping young men 
and I'm praying like hell I'm a part of getting Indiana back because now I can that, that's a big deal. Yes. That's a big deal in your career. You know, that's that could catapult me in my career. Right. Um, you know, I got dreams and aspirations just like Woody of going to coach at my album out. You know, you can do that from Indiana. If Indiana is successful and you're a part of this program and we show that we we can get Indiana back, win some Big Ten championships, maybe win a national championship. Hell, who knows? So those are the things that I think about. So I'm happy every day. I'm not sad. You know, I get pissed when we lose, trust me. Yeah. But, uh, so you've been there now about nine months. And I'm curious, again, you're a student of this. You knew what Indiana was for the most part. You knew how crazy we were. I can almost imagine what's question you about that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, this could be legitimate. I love his questions. I love This is going to be legit. What okay. has surprised you the most? Is there something, looking back at these nine months as you finish 2021, is there something you weren't expecting that, that has happened at Indiana either pleasantly or not? Uh, no, because, I, I mean, working with Benny, and then I've, I've worked with guys that have actually, even when I was at Alabama, um, Alex Fain, he worked here also with Cream. Okay. So you always heard them talk about it. The fans, how great it is when you're winning. There's no place like it. Now you talk about the fans being on the other end too. Yeah, it's also the worst place to be when you're losing. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's a part of it, but I, everything has been great, you know, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I just, it, it, it's funny. It's kind of this fishbowl, you know, where I don't think people outside of Indiana kind of understand the perception of Indiana on the outside just because mm -hmm. they've been in this bubble of Indiana. Uh, that kind of surprised me. But other than that, like, I mean, I was kind of – the expectations were kind of like, okay, well, hell, you're going to Indiana, bro. You know Indiana All is. All right, you, very good. Uh, okay, so expectations for us fans. As a public service announcement, for, for us going forward as we get into Big Ten play – what are some of the things you're going to be looking for from the team? It could be team as a whole, individuals that are like, these are the road marks of improvement. This is, this is what I want to be seeing in late December, early January to feel good that the team's headed in the right direction. What, what, are, you, what are you looking for? Winning these close games. Mm -hmm. you know, winning close games. I mean, we had two winnable games. Um, and obviously we always try to move forward and not look back, but learning how to win those games. And trust me, I was a part of a program when I was at Oregon, the year before we took off and went to the Elite Eight, we lost close games. Hmm. So we're now trying to stress to these guys how important the little things are in winning those games. You know, we're two free throws away from winning at Wisconsin, you make two free throws, you probably win the game. You know, we missed a couple of front ends of one and one. Um, Syracuse, you know, couple defensive mistakes that we make, one, you know, one less mistake, you win at Syracuse. 
after being down like 16 or 17 points. So the confidence is there to win games. I think we just have to get over that hump. And I think by by the time Big Ten play roll around, hopefully we'll understand it. Okay, regardless of if people think Wisconsin is good this year or whatever the case may be, when you look up at Wisconsin, because it's funny, I looked up at their little Raptors up there. They've been damn good the last 10 years. Oh, my God, yes. And it's, and it's a hard place to win, regardless. We were up 22 points. We were up. So at the end of the day, we know we can go somewhere and win a game on the road. At Syracuse, we were down 17. Regardless of what – Syracuse goes to the tournament every year. No matter how bad they start off, whatever the case may be, you always see – and Syracuse, 8C, 9C, 10C, whatever the case may be, you always see Syracuse. We were right there to win the game. You know, those are some tough places to play where they don't lose a lot of games at, and we were right there. So hopefully going through that, you know, obviously there's going to be some more close games, but hopefully we start winning one or two of those games. And I think our confidence will shoot through the roof because there's going to be a time where our guys are going to be on the free throw line. We're going to be up two and we need to go up three and we're going to make both of them. You know, we get a big defensive stop. So those are the things that I'm looking for. Obviously, you know, one of the things that fans don't get to see is practice. And so you get a lot of people who are like, well, why isn't this person playing? Why isn't it? Why is that person playing so much? And we're not with you every day, but you are there every day and you were there every day before the season started. So my question is, what is, what are you happiest about so far in these first 10 games as far as team performance? And what are you most disappointed in that doesn't happen in practice, but it is happening in games? So what are you happiest about that you see on the court? And what what is the area that you are most concerned about? I'm happy to see our guys be a team. Like, they all pull for each other. Like, even the guys that don't play much. It's, it's the weirdest thing, you know, because we've all been a part of teams. And even, even at your guys' jobs and your business, you know, you always have those guys that, feel like they should be getting more and they don't root for the other guys. So what, you can see. What do you mean they have those guys? Ward and I are those guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's why we're stuck doing this by ourselves. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, just to see our guys be a team, even when, you know, think about Leo, man. Leo wasn't playing the first couple of games. They get in a couple of games, but he never, ever moped. He kept working. They always together. They always cheering for each other. So, like I told you, they have this bond. That's great. Uh, they, you know what? The team hadn't really disappointed me, man. I mean, really? other than – no. I mean, they haven't. I mean, I I, I wish – No, wait, 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 turn wait, over. Wait, wait. no, no, no. I'm going to say, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. I wish we would take care of the ball better. Yes. Because we we talk about it all the time. It's something that, that we pride ourselves on from day one not having so many turnovers. So I think there's a frustration level there. So what and is that, Coach? Yeah. What – why? Like, I, it's funny lack because the, that's lack it, of lack of concentration? That's all. Lack of concentration. How do you get better at that? You got to continue to preach it, man. It's just a part of coaching. It's just like your kids. <laughs> I mean, this is what it is. And I think sometimes if people looked at it that way, these are someone else's kids. Right. <laughs> so at the end of the day – you're teaching them, and they're our kids too. So you have to teach them on a daily basis. And you guys both have kids. One kid probably got it quicker than the other. 
Right. And now you're trying to get this whole group to all get it at the same time and try to reach the same goal. You know, but I don't think people, it's hard for you to look at it because all oh, it's sports, it's basketball, you want to win, win, win. You know, but at the, at the same time, that's a part of coaching. Like, that's the hardest part of coaching is getting a group, rallying a group of guys and to get them going in the same direction for the same goal and not splinter. When when one gets all the credit and the other, like, we all know Trace is the guy, and I don't think it's one person on our team that's like, you know, no, I'm the guy. I should be the guy. None of them. So That's, that's amazing. Well, but it's the, probably helpful when you have an All-American who's just such a badass that, that that there's really not any kind of wiggle room as to who the biggest badass on the be, court is, right? You, it's him. You'd you be surprised. Really? Be surprised. But, but but not and, on this and, team. Yeah, and and it's a you know, it's a tribute to him too, because if there's one he's one of the most unselfish all Americans that I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Like he comes to the bench bench and he's worried about getting chilly in there. Because mm. we need to get chilly in. Can we get chilly in? Hmm. Oh. Trace, if you if, if you would, you know, start off the half and we up by 30, yeah, we'll get chilly in it. But he's always concerned about his teammates. Always. Wow. Like it, that's awesome. It, I did not know that. Oh, it's amazing. I'm I'm telling you, it's amazing. I've well, never seen anything like that. Well, and something I've gotten more from him, at least since he decided to come back after speaking mm-hmm. with Coach Woodson was how much Indiana does mean to him that how it's it's not just about coming back to improve his skill set to improve his his draft stock but that he really wants to win at Indiana for Indiana yeah i mean he averaged 20 and 10 he could have went to the nba he might not got drafted where he wanted to get drafted but i mean Trey is an nba player this is what it is um but i think he he wants he want to win. Like, he wants that feeling of going to the tournament. You know, he wants to win a Big Ten championship. He wants to try to do that. Now, there's some things he got to learn. There's, But I think Coach Woodson, Woodson has been great for him. You know, he's in the best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. He's taking on the leadership role. We we make him take on the leadership role. You know, you can't take a back seat. You're our guy. You're out front and center. We following you. And we put that pressure on him and he's accepted it. So, and he's learning too. He's learning how to be in that role because he's not a guy that's like, you know, that pats his chest and say, I'm the guy. It's just not who he is, but yo, bro, you're the guy. We tell him all the time, you are the guy. Wow. <laughs> how, how hard is it? You've got, I, I mean, the truth is when you're in a place like Indiana, chances are you were the guy at your high school. Right. Like, I mean, for the most part, but you have two guys on the team and Christian Lander and Tamar Bates who were unquestionably the guy. Well, Tamar's a little different because he came from a prep school where there were 10 NBA players. So that's a little different, but clearly before he left for that school, he was a star player. And Mm -hmm. in AAU, he's a star player. And Christian Lander was the star of his high school team and AAU team. And neither one of those guys starts. Tamar's playing more than, than Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, how hard is it to manage them so that they don't get down on maybe not having the role they thought they were going to have? Well, I think you just, you, you explained to me it's a process and everybody, you got to run your own race. 
I mean, there's a lot of guys that are five stars that don't play at all. There's a lot of guys that's five stars that are playing. There's a lot of guys that's five stars that's playing and their team suck because they're playing. Hmm. So, no, you just have to keep telling those guys and being honest with them. You know, I think that's I think that's the problem sometimes in today's world, especially in the basketball world, because we look at these kids sometimes and we see the five star, we see the four star, we see oh NBA potential. But at the end of the day, it don't really be that right off the bat. They may have that NBA potential, but they haven't tapped into it yet. It may take them two or three years to tap into it. You know, college basketball is not easy. You, look, not to divulge anything, but we have been been really fortunate to see a practice or two. And and your it seems like your focus, you focus on the guards a lot. And, yeah, and we've seen, you know, you really coach and and be you take such pride in working with somebody like Christian or, or Rob or whoever it is. And I love Christian. I love him to death. It's a process. It's a process. He's going to be just fine. He, 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 Christian is going to be just and fine. Does Christian understand that you think? I think he does. It's no matter what, it's going to be hard. Right. I mean, that's just hard. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but I think, he understands the vision and you keep talking about him and you know, you keep, you keep talking to him and you, you get, you, you try to get these kids to understand everybody like he, you didn't just walk out and be successful and win the Emmy. You know, it, it, it was a process. No, just being serious. It, it's sure. a process. You know, you saw some people win it before you that you probably thought, man, come on, you know, it, and I think you try to, explain to these guys and hope that they get it and you instill in them that you know you, you instant gratification is not it, it, you're not always going to have instant gratification no it's the enemy truthfully it's the it, enemy yeah. of real progress exactly oh i love that i gotta write that down the enemy of all progress yes no, i like that seriously and that's a part of culture you know and you're going to have some that listen. You're going to have some that don't listen. But for me, I always try to be honest with guys. And I always ask them, of course, are you doing everything in your power to be as successful as you, as to be as successful as you want to be in your mind? Are you doing everything every day? Are you putting in the extra time? You know what I mean? Are you coming in, lifting weights extra are you doing those things if you if, if you can't tell me yeah then you shouldn't have an issue about anything mm. because it's on you right now if you're doing everything you're supposed to do you working your ass off and it's still not working out because i always say this there's no coach in the world that is trying to lose games <laughs> it's not the coaches are not trying to lose games and if there's someone that should be playing that will help them win and help them be better, they're going to play. Right, right. And that goes for anybody. Yeah, we lose sight of that as fans. I mean, we just do because, look, you you see Xavier struggle in the second half against Wisconsin, you know, mm -hmm. and you see Rob really struggle for years now offensively. And as a fan, you just kind of throw your hands up and you go, well, clearly somebody else has to be better than that. And we just lose our minds about and that and that's okay that's okay that 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 fans see that but i think they also got to understand what goes on in the day-to-day -day practice and you're going to always we, we're a very fair bunch 
And we and Woody says this every single day. You're going to get your opportunity. Just be ready when your opportunity comes. A little bit like Leo has. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be ready when your opportunity comes. I mean, this just it is what it is. That's that's in life too. You can't be sitting around here worried about what somebody else got or what somebody else is doing. You got to worry about okay, am I doing everything I I need to do? Because when my opportunity comes, boom. I'm taking advantage of it. But if you're sitting around and you're worried about this and worried about that, and that's the that's what's messed up about social media. Because, you know, you see it. We see all the stuff or whatever the case may be. And, you know what I mean? All right, cool. They're not at practice every day. They're not, you know, they're not a part of our program. And, and, and Woody's the head coach. And whatever Woody wants to do is what we're going to do. Right. And, hey, you guys were on board with Woody coming. So you gotta you gotta support him, you know. That don't mean you can't talk about it. Yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I I do think it's it's a new coach who we all love, that we all want success for, both for for his sake, but also selfishly for us, for the university, you know. And it's like, of course, it's Woody. He's a legend from here and he went and did these amazing things in the NBA as a player and as a coach and he he has forgotten more in a day than we'll know in a lifetime and why won't he listen to us and play Lando you know <laughs> it's like we're crazy like that and part of that is because it has been a long time since 1987 yeah. So our our patience is at an all-time low even for a brand new uh, a group of coaches that just got here who we're rooting for. But I, I do think it's one where most fans, when it's not the heat of the battle, and just yeah. realize you guys are seeing these guys so much more than any of us seeing these glimpses, which is really what these games are, that yeah. usually will defer and be like, yeah, I guess I guess Coach Woodson, Coach Yeah, they might know a little bit more about their personnel than we do. I'll say this for everybody. Christian Lander is going to be just fine. He is a really, really good player. He has a lot of talent. He he is going to be just fine. His As long as he keeps working, I tell him this every day, everything that you want to accomplish at Indiana, you're going to be able to accomplish. You just got to keep working. Um, and, I, and I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that. I really do. What's going on with suits at home and bullshit uh, casual gear looking like you just went into a rec league AAU summer game on the road? What What's going on with that? that that's just something that Woody wanted to wear suits at home and then just on the road, you know, obviously just dress like everybody else. Yeah, and, you know what? You're 0-2 when you wear bullshit gear. Okay. And, okay, so we'll, so we'll I'll say this, and I'll, this is how I'll go back at you. And you just talked about the schedule, right? Yeah. And you said we would have won the games anyway. So we would have won the games if we had on the bullshit gear, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but just... you can't go back and hit time. I mean, you have suits, you win. Why not? I'm just, I'm just telling you. I think you, if you I mean, had the that's... bullshit gear, you might have lost that St. John's game. No, maybe not. You, no, no, no. According to you, and I won't say you, the fans <laughs> – yeah. And the scheduling. Yeah. Well, although you didn't do anything, you didn't schedule St. John's. St. John's was given to you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just, I mean. All, I'm right. Just... All right. Let me ask this. Uh, just to get into recruiting one more for one more second. Um, 
NIL. It's obviously new this year. It started July 1. Mm-hmm. It's your first recruiting season at Indiana. How mm-hmm. important is NIL in this new world that we're in in recruiting? I think it's very important. Um, I just think you also have to get guys that don't lose sight of the reason why you get in NIL is because you play basketball. Right, right. So I get the name, image, and likeness, you know, but if I wasn't coaching at Indiana, I don't think many people would know who the hell I was other than family and friends. Right. So I think I I personally try to get guys to understand this NIL could be great for you. Um, we have some great opportunities, you know, for you probably here at IU, I guess, you know what I mean? We can't really indulge in it. Nope. But with the fan base that we have and all the the outside entities that we have that can help you around here, you probably could, you know, you could make money off NIL. Right. Um, But the main goal in recruiting for us is getting somebody that first can play. Okay, yeah, you can get NIL opportunities, but – but hey, man, you're here to play some basketball and get educated too. And if you can make some money along the way, so be it. But I think it's big, but I don't think it's the end all be all in building a program. You gotta build a program, man. Sure. You, gotta, you gotta build a program back back here, are you? And in my opinion, you know, we gotta get the program back. So we can't get so caught up in. Well, you know, what these people over here doing in NIL, what these people over here doing in NIL, can we get some guys here that's going to help us win? I'm not trying to win Twitter. I'm trying to win basketball games. So, so would you say that it's just entered into part of the equation at this point? The NIL is like, what are your facilities like? What are your training tables like? You know, what what kind of offense do you run? Uh, and is it just, just now a part of that conversation, but one where you kind of have to deflect and you can't really get that specific because of exactly. your position? That, that's the crazy thing. We can't really talk about it. And I don't think parents really understand that. Obviously, you got schools is you know, talking about it. But at the same time, you know, we just try to, look, you're going to have those opportunities here. IU, we got a large fan base, probably one of the largest in the country. That's um, where we come in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I exactly. mean, that's, that's like you do. You have to point them to the other players. Like, go talk to the guys on the team now about the opportunities they're getting. You know, you guys are allowed to have agents now. So you just kind of try to get people to understand what they read on Twitter. Cause a lot of times you see, you see stuff on, Oh, this person got this NIL opportunity. Oh, this person got this NIL opportunity. And they think it's actually the school that's getting it for them. Right. I know a lot of confusion. Yeah. We, we did get to see you for a few minutes uh, at the fan fest that, that we um, partnered up and, and with Mark Cuban and, and some other folks to put on. Um, which was an event to help all the players at Indiana earn a, a little cash and also give back to the community, truthfully, and connect to the community. What was your take on that experience? I know you couldn't stay for the whole thing and had to leave early because you couldn't be there when basketball activities were happening. But how did the guys react to that? What, did you think that was a, a good thing for IU? I think the guys enjoyed it. I think you guys put on a great event. Uh, obviously, I think it'll grow. Um, I think it's something that's needed. Um, I think it was a lot of fans that were there that don't really get a chance to, you know, because it's a tough ticket. I didn't realize how tough of a ticket it was to, to get 
you know, a ticket to come to a game. So mm-hmm. it's good to kind of talk to some of those people, some of those fans to kind of ha- give them the opportunity to interact with our guys um, other than just seeing them on TV. Um, but I-, I loved it. I loved it. I think it's something we should do every year. I actually think we should do two of them, do one here and do one in Indianapolis. That's just my Mm, that's interesting did you do you feel like also you talk about building a program and you talk about you know having players that connect to the community are those the kind of things that help with that like when when a player is swarmed by thousands of people after the game like i would imagine like somebody like trace he grew up you know in indiana he played high school basketball in indiana he was a star his senior year he gets it anthony leal's been coming to games his whole life but somebody like a jordan geronimo or an Xavier Johnson who came from Pitt where they barely care about basketball at this point. Um, it does have to be a little bit overwhelming for them to be around that many people who just want a little piece of them, you know? Yeah, I think it is, but I think they enjoy it. That's great. I mean, you know, I even enjoy it, you know, cause I, I'm a people person. I think I took some kid, uh, I took a little, a little guy's name was Trace. He was named after Trace. Wow. The locker room to meet Trace. It was his birthday. And just being able to help him provide that memory for him, just, it made my day. That's I wasn't huge, even, man. You made that, I, I mean, that kid, that is a yeah. story that kid will tell and his parents will tell forever. For the rest of his life. Because his dad looked at me like, huh? Because I was told him to come here. And I took him in the locker room just to meet Trace. Dad took a picture of him and his dad was like, oh my God. You know, and it's being able to, give those experiences to people that may not be able to have those experiences. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, when you get, when you get to have, when you get to have the opportunity to do that thing, you know, it's amazing. Uh, All right. Some fun questions before we head out. It's almost Christmas time. If you could tell people, if you could just, just, decide what gift would don't be the perfect kids. gift. What? Don't have kids. That's what I would tell them. Don't have kids. Not <laughs> <laughs> even where I was going. What a, where I was you going. Have, what a wonderful any- holiday sentiment. <laughs> exactly. You, you don't get to spend any of the money on yourself. That's true. But what it, what are you hoping for? What What is the perfect gift for Yusir Roseman? What is the perfect Christmas gift for Yusir Roseman? You know what's funny, man? Thinking about it, just seeing my little boys happy, man. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you kind of peeled it back after that answer of "don't have kids." Now you're going the other I mean, way. I mean, it's 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 just funny because, and I'm sure you guys feel it because you guys got kids. Just seeing them happy on Christmas is just like, like getting them gifts yesterday. Even though I was spending all this money on toys that I know they're not gonna play with, <laughs> <laughs> spending money on clothes I know they're about to outgrow in two weeks. <laughs> Just to be able to, you know, do those things for my kids, man. That's that's all the joy I need on Christmas. All right. How about eleven and two? Eleven yeah. and two? Would it be eleven and two? What? Yeah, hold on. No. If we were eleven and two, that'd be a great Christmas. Oh, yeah. eleven and two for by Christmas. Uh Notre Dame nine, Northern Kentucky ten. Yeah. Well, no, I think that's it, right? Oh no, do you play on the twenty sixth or seventh? Yeah, we play after that. We play uh that's after my... Christmas. UNC Asheville. Before Christmas? That's after Christmas. So, oh, yeah. so it'll be 10 and 2. 10 and 2. All right, we'll I'll take that. What is your favorite holiday movie? Huh. My favorite holiday movie. 
Uh, is it a Christmas story? Is that what it is? That's a good right. one. From Indiana. Little, that's an Indiana one. Yeah, the little bad little boy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Long time. But every time it comes on, I stop. Yeah. You know how you switching the TVs and you're at home. It's so I think that was, you, home alone. But you home know alone. Home Alone. Home sure. Alone's a great one. But but it is since this is what your your first Christmas in Indiana, that a Christmas story does take place in Indiana. So does it? What part? Uh northern Indiana, the region. The region. Okay. Up where Eric's dad's um, from. That's right. Uh are you gonna get Coach Woody a gift? Do you have to get the coach a gift? He don't want us to get him anything, but we'll probably get him something. You're gonna chip in all together and get him something stupid? Hey, he loves he loved my shoes at practice. It's true. He did. We were supposed to, but he wears a size 16. It's like impossible to get. We want we you can't find him any shoes. I know. We like we want to talk to the Adidas rep so we can get him these for Christmas. He's a comfort guy. He's a comfort guy. Yeah, he likes the shoes. Comfort. Except for suits at home. He loves Eric. Do you want to wear suits on the road? Do you yeah. know how hard it is to travel with suits? Listen, man. I worked for WWE wrestling where I was traveling every Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday and had to wear a different suit at those disgusting venues around sweaty wrestlers for 12 hours a day. Yeah, I know what it's like. Just put on a suit. Just put on a suit. I got really good at packing it. Although, wait, I got to tell a quick story. Here's the best story. Ward knows this story. So you know this because you've traveled with suits before when you've had to coach before, right? The worst yeah. part is not having a wrinkled suit, right? Oh, God. Okay. Or forgetting your belt. What? Or forgetting your belt. Forgetting the belt is a big one. But I, I, the, the wrinkle was like a problem. So somebody told me, here's what you do. You take the suit out and you just hang it in the bathroom and turn on the shower on high, on, on hot. For sure. And then just let the steam figure it out. Right. So I did that in Los Angeles. We were traveling to LA. I did it when I got into the hotel. I turned it on hot. I put it up. And then I got a call from a friend. And uh, he's like, let's go grab dinner. I'm like, great. I go, go grab dinner. I'm gone to like, I don't know when, three in the morning. I totally forgot about the suit and that I kept the water running. I come back into the room and I take one step into the room and it just squishes. My foot just squish, <laughs> squish. I'm like, what the hell happened here? The shower's off, but everything is wet. It's like a rainforest. Yeah. There are the phone is blinking. There's messages. I call the front office and they say, uh, Mr. Pankowski, did you leave the water on when you left your uh, hotel room? I'm like, no. They're like, well, we had to break into the room and unlock the room and turn off the water because you flooded your room and you're directly over the hotel restaurant and the water came into the restaurant and flooded like a table or two in the restaurant. <laughs> I like destroyed the restaurant. I'm a, I'm a, I got one even better. So let's hear it. I was at Oregon and Kenny Payne, who I was working with, he did the same thing, but he hung his suit on the, uh, the fire with the the, oh. the sprinkler the sprinkler yeah so he hung it up there and in some way it swayed and it hit the sprinkler on and the sprinkler <laughs> so the suits 
on the road. There's a history behind All it. right, maybe now it's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, it was the most funny thing. I was like, man, how did you not know that that was the sprinkler? <laughs> Who would hang it from a sprinkler head? I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah. But that is good. Um, so are you going to be able, you'll be with your boys on Christmas? You'll have some yes. time off? Yes, we have a little time off. Good. Hang with those guys. They were actually here for Thanksgiving, so had a good time. They came to three games, so. You know, I'll go see them for Christmas, and that'll be fun. And it's time to get back to work, man, see if we can go win a Big Ten title. That's the goal. No matter what, that's the goal. I love it. And, look, you know, we, we appreciate you taking time during the season to talk to us. You've got a lot going on. You're obviously oh two hours past like your it. bedtime. I like that hat. Where'd you get the hat from? I bought this hat on Kirkwood with Ward the last time I was there. Yeah, it's a good one. But I was going to say, I really like that shirt. That's a cool shirt. You're rocking, Coach Yao. That's great. Like oh yeah, you know I like the, I like the old school stuff, man. I love I like all that. I really I like that headboard. But listen, Coach, hold on. But like you say, you appreciate him doing this, and I think what's really what's really great is that that we didn't even record this. This isn't going out. That you just have been doing this as a a, a, a hangout with me and Eric. Yeah. Like you told him this wasn't for the show, right? Coach, yeah, man. Look, every time we get to talk to you, I am more and more. Um, I hate using the word impressed because it sounds condescending and I don't mean it that way. But the, the care and thoughtfulness that you put into your job and, and how much you respect what Indiana is and, and know that like, you can't reshape Indiana. Indiana is what it is, and you have to find the best things for Indiana. I just think it takes a level of thoughtfulness that is admirable, and I'm really impressed by it. and And I'm proud to know that you're you're one of, you know, four coaches for Indiana University that are trying to bring this thing back. And it gives me incredible faith to know that you're one of them. Hey, can't do it without all of us. It's gonna take all of us. Well, it's you can take- do it without us. I mean, let's no. be honest. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, it's gonna take us all. It's gonna take the fans. You, you guys, you guys have a direct line to the fans. You know, you got a lot of guys that listen to you guys, and you know, obviously, you still got to get it done because it's still Indiana. Hell, if we don't get it done, they're gonna do what they did to the last. (laughs) It is what it is. We understand that part of it, but I don't think, I think you help the fans understand that we can't do it without them either. So when it's time for them to get up in there and, and they need to be screaming and that home court advantage, we need it. We got to have them. You know, Woody wants to see it filled up like when he played here. Yeah, we do too. And that, the by one. the way, that starts in Indianapolis on Saturday too. It's the last Crossroads Classic and Indiana usually represents very well, but it's the last one. If there are tickets available or you can afford going out on the secondary market, get to Indianapolis. I'll be there with my three kids screaming our heads off. Um, we, we're excited to see you in person. And and you're right. We need to pack Assembly Hall. I mean, that it is the best home court advantage in sports because of us. And if we're not there, it's not. So we got to bring it. We got to bring it. We know you guys are. All right, fellas, I'm here. Can't wait to see you guys on Saturday. We'll see you, man. Happy holidays, Coach. Later. That was a guest. That was a guest. Look, man, I I know I feel like I'm a broken record with Yah because you and I have talked about this before, but 
Look, you and I were both really vocal and and skeptical when they hired him. You and, you you more so than me. Okay, fine, <laughs> Dick. Um, but I I have just we've had a chance to break bread with him and and have some some longer conversations, and he is who he is, and he's a genuine dude. He's a hard worker. He he is serious when he says you know, that he is blessed to be coaching again and especially coaching at Indiana. He knows, excuse me, the weight that comes with coaching at a place like Indiana, and he does not take it lightly. He takes it extremely seriously. He's extremely thoughtful about it. And I just really appreciate it. I I really love having Yasir Roseman as part of Indiana University. And I was not sure that that was a, is a sentiment that I would hold uh, when we hired him. And I was wrong. And I, I was wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong on this one. Yeah, and it's we have we've had the good fortune of having him on the show, meeting him in in person, having some food with him, and he's just a really impressive guy. He's very focused. He's very energetic. He's very charismatic. You know, particularly on the show. You know, he has this very uh, magnetic side to him that you can see with with really all our coaches that you just want to engage with him. You want to talk to him. You want to listen to him. You want to learn from him, honestly, which is yes. really what these kids uh, need to get from these guys more than anything, like in education and basketball and life and school, uh, but that he's just so multifaceted as a human being, I think, as as most people are, but getting to see all these different sides of him, uh, he's just a really impressive guy. Period. Yes, you're right. He's got a he's got a natural charisma and magnetism to him that you can understand why kids like Caleb Banks and and Jalen Hunchafino, while while Kenya Hunter was the lead recruiter, Kenya Hunter will tell you himself that we don't get that done without Yasir Roseman being part of it. That it was a group effort with him and Yasir and Woody to get that one done. And I think that goes back to something that. I think I picked up more on in person and and then maybe I can read into it more in say an interview setting like this, but there's a killer in there. There's a killer in there. Like he wants to win. He wants to win period. You know, whatever it is, getting this kid ready, winning this game, um, going wherever he wants to go with his life and his career, he's locked in on it. And I do, I hope that Indiana and coach, Coach Rose are finding each other at the right time to get us both to where ultimately we want to be for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, I uh, I loved what he had to say about the kind of player that works at Indiana in his head, you know, and listed like four things that had nothing to do with playing basketball. And I think that, again, that is – I don't think he would say this, but that is a challenge. Let's just be honest, you know, like Nate Oates can go recruit different players. Um, you know, LSU can go recruit different players. Kentucky, obviously. It, it is a different thing in Indiana. And to have staying power to build a program requires finding, researching, and really learning about these kids in a very 360 way, more than just what are their stats and how good do they look when I see them play. There's a lot more that goes into it, especially at a school like Indiana, that that I love. I mean, it's part of what makes Indiana special to us is that it feels different and we've always wanted it to feel different. Um, and I respect that a guy like Yasir, who's been on the outside, 
understands that it's different and still thinks we can get it back. Well, you know? and there's there's a great objectivity there. Hey, I'm coming from the outside uh, like you guys, like you recruit, you recruits parents. Hey, I wasn't a part of this, but I grew up knowing about this and learning about this. And I coached with other guys who had been here before. And now I'm here now. And I can tell you as an outsider, like you guys would be, how special it is and how excited I am now to be a part of it. And I think there's, you know, oh, you're getting it from Woody or from Dane. Of course, they're going to tell you everything is rosy with their crimson colored glasses on because they are of it. But I think it's really important with both Kenya or with Yah to have somebody being like, hey, I'm kind of just new here, too. But this is why it's so great for me. And I think it will be for you. Um, it's it's good to have that outside perspective. And I think it just makes me feel good despite what we said in the intro of being one and two, right? Like, you know, like in real games so far this season, we're one and two, but damn it. I believe in these guys. I believe in these coaches and I believe in these players that we've gotten to talk to each of them enough, whether it be through the show or trips to Bloomington. Like they're just so many, like the character seems to be so high. I, I, I've agreed. I mean, we have great kids. Yeah. It doesn't mean they can win basketball games together. So I, but, but, I separate but, but, the two things. I'm rooting but, like hell for them. Obviously, you could have a bunch of dirtbags who are super talented yeah. beat the shit out of our team. But when you're talking about a team that, like, are they going to reach their potential or fall short of it? I feel like with the character uh, and and even what Coach Yao was saying, like, extra it was it's extra the way this team roots for each other i agree with you that like was that, awesome here that that bodes well for a month two three months from now of us seeing like okay what happened these, these first 25 percent of the games is the good stuff gonna get better and the bad stuff's gonna be not as bad or it could go the other way but because of the character of the people involved i think there's reason to think it's gonna turn out on the better side than on the worse I, I hope that's true. I I agree with you. It's like the, these are really good kids. I loved hearing about Trace coming off and wanting to get Chili in the game yeah. and that he's concerning himself with that. Yep. That's awesome. That's the star of the team. Yep. That's the preseason All-American worried about the walk-on. And that that's not just – Several years. And that's just not about this season because Trace is probably gone after this season. But if that's what's getting established now and that's you've got – that's your culture. Like this is year one with Coach Woodson, and that's what's happening with the superstar. You got to feel good that 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 is a foundation that's being set for the long long run. And I appreciated his insight on Christian. You know, yep. I think he said a lot without saying, you know, specifically like commenting on his play. But you know, we do lose sight of. There's no coach in the country that wants to lose games. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and Woody especially. If Woody thought these guys could win, you know, I mean, he'll he'll put in whoever he can to win. Hell, if we had eligibility left and he thought we could help them, he might throw us in there. <laughs> so I, I am gonna um, I'm gonna try to keep that in mind. It, it's frustrating when you see just bad play, obviously, but like he said, there's a reason. 
yeah, but I think you you addressed it in the conversation of well, 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 these two guys aren't working right now, and so there's another guy we're not seeing. Go ahead, let's try let's try him because neither of these are working. It's like, well, hey, we've seen the other guy a lot more than you have, and we see what's going on out there, and we've got very strong reasons for why he wouldn't do any better and might be doing worse. And instilling confidence, which again came through that like, you know, if you pull a guy in a key situation and he's your guy and you pull him, what does that do to confidence going forward? So um, I just really like Coach Ya. I think he's great and um, really insightful and honest. And we've seen him. He coaches. I mean, he coaches to 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 quote Woody. He'll get in someone's ass. <laughs> I mean, and and I appreciate that. He's not scared, no matter. And that, I did get that sense when when we've been there that there is no hierarchy. Like if you screw up, you get lit up. You know, and oh, and it doesn't. That's what I mean. Like no hierarchy as far as oh Trace is the All American. Well, guess what? If right, Trace right. isn't playing well, Trace gets lit up. And if Logan Duncan, the freshman, isn't doing something right, he gets lit up. Yeah. And and um. <laughs> hey, Logan I, got I, some I, run. Logan got some run. Hit a bucket. Hit an yeah. outside shot. Look at yeah. he. I, I will say this: when he's out there, his length is crazy. Like it his is. arms are insane. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, man, I, uh, I'm i glad we got into the conversation about learning how to win. And you brought up, you know, that we don't have a lot of guys who have won. And he said, it's like your kids, you know, like you just have to keep preaching it. Like you do have to just kind of go through it. Because um, because it's it's like, okay, but how how do you get confidence doing it if you haven't done it? How do okay. Well, his and, point what? is you do get confidence arguing against my point. You know, he thinks beating Merrimack, you do get confidence. Like, well, and that may be true. And and remember, that had been my pushback on you as to why we needed these powder puff games going into the tougher games was new system. How do these guys play together? Prove that it can work. Now, I also admit it. I'm over that. As soon as the Wisconsin game happened, I no longer want that. <laughs> but what, what I think it is. I still cl- think there's a middle ground. Well, I mean, I, I'm with you. I am. There is. But that the 300th rank schedule. But okay. when you you do end up losing to both Wisconsin and Syracuse in the the legitimate games that come down to the wire and you don't pull it off, it's like, OK, well, how how does that help you? And he was saying, well, my Oregon team the year before we went to the Elite Eight, we lost some close games. OK, but how does that work? Oh, because you show them. The attention to detail, the execution. Yeah, that's what he's talking about, the little things. The little things. And when you point those out, that's how close you were to winning. Oh, that gets them focused in practice to do that thing better. And then when they're in the game, they'll execute it better and they'll start to win. So I thought that that was enlightening. It was. Uh, Love talking to him. Uh, Love that he's getting to spend, you know, Thanksgiving and his first Christmas with his twins. Uh, twin boys that's really those kids are adorable yeah uh and i love seeing a picture whenever they're in iu gear so uh follow us on twitter at hoosier hysterics for the hysterics no e no i but But sometimes sometimes why we will be back at you perhaps next week and it will be a different one because i will be in bloomington so maybe i'll find a guest in bloomington that wants to talk to us great yeah let let me know keep us updated see what happens uh Till then, 
I don't know. I have nothing to say there. Go Hoosiers, huh? That's catchy. Yeah, well, that what? you should see if you can get a shirt with that on it. TM, TM, trademark that. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Go oh, Hoosiers. Let's see if that gets over. This is the worst ending we've ever done. Oh, we've had a lot of really bad endings. Yeah, that's true. This is tied <laughs> for the worst ending we've ever done with 40 other endings. All right, man. I'll talk to you. Goodbye. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.